On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's a night thing. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> hey, aren't you that guy everybody hates? No, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. And uh, make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening right now. And if you're one of these people, and if you're listening to podcasts, I got to imagine you are. Um, we are on Audible now. We've got ourselves set up there. They came knocking, wanted us to be a part of... Uh, of Audible, maybe due to that uh, glowing review in uh, Ottawa Life, maybe just uh, critical mass, who knows. Uh, but we are now on Audible as well, so if you're looking to uh, subscribe somewhere else or kind of, you know, put all your, your listening, whether it be Audible books or audiobooks and podcasts in one place, you can subscribe to us on Audible now as well. Just search Talkin Audio the same way you'd search for a book, get signed up, and we're over there as well. Uh, a man who loves a good book. Rob Christie's here today. What's happening, man? World's sexiest librarian. Yep. Right here in the flesh. It's toss up uh, between you and Lisa Loeb, as we've discussed before. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> Come on, man. It's not that bad. Yeah, no, it's, for sure it's not that bad. And, and, and really, I think we appeal to two different markets, clearly. <laughs> There's no doubt about that at all. I, I say, but I'm not entirely sure about that. <laughs> Lisa Loeb has a bit of a, you know, a pinch maybe of Liza Minnelli. I'm not entirely sure what's going on there, right? But okay, um, yeah. do with that what you will. Sure. Uh, it's been a, a succulent day over here. Hints of fall. Yep. Little grass cutting, little Sunday, you know, regular change in the sheets. In the pool. Got the heater going. It's up around 80 degrees. Okay. Nice. In and out. Counterbalancing the uh, the cold fountain underneath or the... Uh... Well, this is at the Arctic yes. vortex, whatever that is <laughs> underneath there. Um, and it's and it's allowed me to reach in and grab a a couple of grapefruit loggers mm. from McLean's at a Hanover. So comes Hanover. in... Hanover? Yeah, I know. And honestly, I, I'm going to give this the a go. Hanover? The Hanover. Okay. There's not some like just west of Kitchener Hanover or this is uh Hanover, the Hanover. All right. Okay. And you know what? Um not bad. It's light, eh? It's four percent. Yeah. Um I'm not getting a pile of grapefruit, which I'm not sure is plus or minus in this category. <laughs> uh, it has a big sort of half a grapefruit on the front. So you're like, okay, this is gonna be I don't know if I was expecting more Radler-ish, mm-hmm. but um, it tastes light and it's light on the grapefruit. So uh, at this point in the in the <laughs> early be light on the grapefruits, folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I love a, I love a grapefruit. I probably eat four grapefruit a week at least. Really, all right. Uh, I, I love a grapefruit. Getting I love the, to know you. Yeah, I love the tartness. Right, yeah. it's like a douche for your boosh. <laughs> <laughs> as they say yeah. or don't or don't but um on on a separate but side note I'm well, gonna I, I, just to i'm gonna let you do that but one of the beers maddie lang had brought up a couple weeks ago there it was called like one of the uh, i guess it's a series from one of the toronto breweries it's called like the jelly king something and they have a bunch of different what he handed me one that was about as tart as anything i'd ever had like it was putting a serious pucker into you that was just <laughs> pucker up buttercup <laughs> right, yeah so. yeah and and eh. Like a ghost or a, a yeah. sour, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
this was uh, extra heavy on that, but uh, it was all right for a hot summer day. So, uh, sorry, man. Take us where you were going to take us. Yeah. So this to me is just okay. It's a grass cutting beer. It's mm-hmm. it's not something I'd likely swing through the LCBO and grab again. Um, but I'm going to drink two of them, and yep. we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> uh, what I did have yesterday, um, and it, it sort of was in my to have on the show shelf, but. My brother blew through here last weekend. You mixed the shelves all up. And he put a pound in <laughs> on my beer. Like, I, honestly, bottom shelf of non-show beers, yeah. stocked. Top shelf, bam. It's just like, <laughs> honestly, it's like uh, the, your garbage can after the raccoons have gone through. Right, okay. <laughs> um, but so there was, there was a couple of, of beers in the top that I'd been sort of, for maybe six weeks now, sort of moving around on the beer shelf. But... They come in the small cans, and okay, I am yeah. super hesitant, and it's a stout. But so the, it's probably from Dominion. Uh, no, this oh, was okay. a, this was a stout from Hometown Brewing out of uh, St. Williams. Hometown, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Dominion yeah, loves I, a good, like, heavy 10, 11, 12% yeah. stout in a small can that's... Uh, no, this was right in, yeah. the, right in the sweet spot, about 5%, okay. but it was, a, it was a milk stout, hmm. and I'm going to tell you right now... That bad boy is getting a 4.5 out of 5. Nice, man. It was it was silky and smooth. No widget or anything, but it still had a nice head. But it was creamy. It was quite nice. And I know you go in for a milk stout. I do, yeah. So hometown brewing, milk stout. Okay. It was, it was delicious. So where this guy's letting me down a bit, just in terms of its... You know, lightness. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't. It doesn't seem like it was ever trying to line up with the stouts, right? Like no, no. But it, in in terms of, it's also so. I don't mind drinking a beer that is, air quotes, light. Mm-hmm. Can't taste light, and if you're going to be a grapefruit lager, give me the grapefruit, man. <laughs> So okay, see, I'm telling you, right? Like that's what I'm expecting here. This has been a, this has been a hill I've wanted. I've wanted to die on. That's that's a little over the top. That's, that's a hill okay. I've been prepared to die on for quite a while. If you're going to put that right in the title, hit me, man. Let me hear it. Well, Let me two, feel it. Let me taste it. Yeah, fifty percent of the label is the half a grapefruit. <laughs> okay. And, and so to me, you're like, yeah, man, grapefruit lager. Right. Yeah, not so much. Yeah, not so much. So I, I was out today. Took a little bit of a stroll. Had the Jays on the. Uh, on the radio there in the headphones as I'm walking around and uh, lots of the kind of, uh, I was surprised as you mentioned, maybe I shouldn't have been Sunday afternoon. That's what people do, but lots of lawnmower beers going on as I'm walking kind of around the neighborhood. Right. And it wasn't a, wasn't a terribly long one, maybe four and a half, five kilometers, just kind of strolling around the neighborhood, but constantly lawnmowers driving by with a can of something sitting up on the hood or sitting there in the lap. I think I saw one guy who'd actually, rigged a cup holder of some kind right into his, the panel of his lawnmower, which was kind of yes. cool. Do you have, is there one beer that maybe you don't stock? Like maybe it's not like every time I cut the grass, I'm going for this beer. Um, and maybe your new property is only a push mower. I can't actually say it's it, uh, Yeah, it is only a push mower. But um, do you have a, that's, that's, that's a grass cutting beer. Like that, that really just rings true to me or that, that's something I associate with. And it probably is something a little bit lighter, right? It probably is something a little more yeah, sunny. It, summery. And, it, and it is. And so I think back to, there's a, there's a couple of things going here. Um, when I, when I had the big property with 400 feet of ditch, right? That could <laughs> only be done. So it's a full acre. That's Only, ditch, folks. You don't need to be reaching out to his... Uh, yeah, four, <laughs> 400 foot bitch. That's a, that's a huge bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, 400 corner lot. So, you know, I would take care of the ditches by push more. And, right. and, you know, it would be... The ditch would be two feet at the one end, but when it hit the corner, it's about six feet the right, ditch, right? Yeah. And so it was... I would like, back in the day, you'd either do a Bud Light Lime. Okay. A Brava, the, the beer, beer of, of summer. summer. <laughs> yep. And, and, or if you can have it, and there's something nostalgic about it, uh, an MGD in the clear bottle. Really? Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and, but it's got to be in the clear bottle. And, yeah. and I, I remember I was maybe 11 over at a buddy's house, and he's like, hey, you want to have a beer? And I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> 
and he brought out a couple of his dads and GDs. And and back in those days, they had just moved from the stubby to the long neck bottle, okay, right? Yeah. So A, it was long neck, and B, it was a clear bottle, right? And right. I was like, well, and A, I, once I took the first pull on it, the whole neck and the top of the bottle was full of foam, right? So you're like, <laughs> you amateur. <laughs> but I'm 11. Yeah. Like, what, what are you going to do? Okay. Um, but yeah, the, the MGT and the clear bottle. That's your grass cut and go to, eh? The, I would say all three. Now I cut the grass here, and it is just a push mower. It's yep. done. It it's done in a half an hour. Um, but see, the, the, just doubling back to, we had to have a riding mower, and it was actually a lawn tractor, right? Fifty six inch cutting deck on it, sure. You know, uh, because it's it's a big yard. Yep. But you tried to put a beer in the holder because it comes with a holder. Okay. In this. Well, it just shakes, right? Yes. Rattle, 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 yeah, rattle, 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 and your beer is foaming over. It's <laughs> like that was a three beer lawn too. If you, were, if, if, if you were cutting it, but I'm not sure how much of that beer actually foamed over. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> sure. right? And so, but it was as the French yeah, it was say, a beer and a half, really. But oh, well, this is most the, of I, it was all over the lawnmower, the grass, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Oh, and I don't care about that. Right? <laughs> no, Agite. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's my that's my call on that. All right, yeah, no, and uh, honestly, I've lived in the city and whatever. I, I haven't really had to cut a lawn with a riding mower since I was probably, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen, whenever we would have moved out of the the house with the big lawn there. And at the time, I don't know why it was. My dad would buy a new lawn mower, and then it would end up at my grandmother's house. And then a year or two later, he'd buy another new lawn mower, and it would end up at somebody else's house. And we ended up like constantly with this. Like I, it, it, it had to be like a 1972. I know it was a wheel horse was the, the make of it, like it, but it was the <laughs> oldest you've ever seen. Um, and we, that was the one that I, I would be touring around on to, but too young to really give a shit about having a beer at the time. And ever since then, I've never lived in a situation where I've had to worry much about it. It's been condos, apartments or whatever, but today on the stroll, for sure, there was a heavy, as you said, kind of fall vibe people out it was a nice sunny day but cool but lots of people just sort of out touring around maybe doing what i was doing listening to the jays on the yeah. uh, on the headphones and having a beer and doing the uh doing the the grass cutting thing why don't we start with the jays man? but just, just just one second yeah all right i want to i want to i want to harken back to a young matt mm. and he's on the riding mower the wheel horse yep. yeah and, and 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 dad said son Cut the grass. Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Matt's on there doing figure eights. Cutting <laughs> it, right. Uh, what did that look like? Honestly, let's be honest. Like, you, you know, he'd have to come out halfway through and say, Jesus Christ, get off the. There was only one time that I remember where he was thoroughly unhappy. And what would happen is. <laughs> really, Matt? <laughs> well, okay. About the grass cutting. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's many days per week. He's probably thoroughly unhappy still to this so day. So disappointed. <laughs> right. Um, but I can remember being like, the the deal was sort of, I would take the tractor out and cover it. We had a huge backyard. We also had to take care of the, even though it was supposed to be city property, the boulevard along <laughs> this other kind of side street that went of up. Of course. Um, and uh, so did that. And he would do all the, the detail work. As you know, my dad's a details guy, like right down yeah. to it better look right. So he would tolerate my grass cutting, but he would handle the, you know, around the trees, around the whatever, the, the weed eating and, and getting that up to his standards, whatever. So for the most part, wasn't bad, man. I could keep okay. it within the lines, right? Do it all right. But all there right. was a day, as you will recall, maybe uh, you probably, maybe you would or wouldn't know. When we were young, we had an above ground pool, giant, uh, rectangle style thing that honestly my parents say to this day like was the greatest babysitter i know that sounds horrible like send your kids out to the pool and whatever it's the 80s man yeah in the summer me and my two sisters and my cousin would just constant all day every day all summer like we were distracted because coming up with some sort of game or whatever in the pool but as i got a little bit older and i was cutting the grass there was a day with a long blue hose that was meant to kind of Oof. run off, that yeah, <laughs> right over it, brr, right like, that, not only the, destroyed the not destroyed but fucked up the lawnmower pretty good, fucked up the hose pretty good. <laughs> it yeah. was it was a mess, yeah. and that just so happened to happen. Like I didn't have to go in and tell dad. Dad, I believe, was at the barbecue while that happened, and uh, 
And so maybe it's half his fault. Like maybe he yeah. should have waved I, the flag or something, right? Like I maybe. was just going to say, you know what, Matt? That's the backwash, homes, first of all. <laughs> yes, it is. And you go, who left that out after backwashing? <laughs> and then who just watched somebody run over ah, him with it? Like, or, come or on. Sent, or sent the sun out to do it. And you're like, what? Hey, and if the grass was that tall that you couldn't see the blue backwash hose, that's on somebody else. Supervising adult. I'm looking at you. Guy with the white helmet. Yeah, come yeah. on. Let's, no, right. so that's the only time I can remember him being like thoroughly displeased with the job I had done. And uh, okay, it was well, fair. It was fair enough. Not right. Yeah. Not right. We all think a little bit. That may have been the finishing touch on the uh, 1972 wheel. Never again. <laughs> so. Matt can do some baking with mom. Where, what's happening here? Matt was more normally on the other end of that. Uh, that chore. <laughs> That bacon done yet? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we hit the Jays? Uh, it's been a fascinating weekend, man. They they roll into Baltimore after, I don't know about you, I would have said a, a fairly shocking sweep of the Yankees. And, um, you know, it was a four-game series. Not necessarily shocked that the Jays would win the series, but to, to kind of dominate it the way they did was impressive. And then they roll into Baltimore on Friday, and it, kind of looked an awful lot like they had had a good time celebrating that series sweep on the plane, maybe a couple of hangovers. And you almost felt like being like, could the, could the starting pitcher just not partake in the, the one guy who has to pitch Friday night? Could you maybe lay off just a little bit? I don't know for sure that's what happened, but that's what it looked like. And I wasn't the only one suggesting that. So they lose Friday night. Uh, they come back from several deficits in game one of Saturday's doubleheader to win that in the bottom of the seventh as uh, these doubleheader games obviously are seven inning games. And then again, they go and get no hit into the seventh inning and they explode for, I don't even remember what they ended up winning the second game by. It was 11 runs, 11 it. hits in the seventh. And then Sunday... It's not even close. In the first inning, they just blow the doors open, leave no doubt uh, that this is going to be their game. I, th- uh, I didn't even see to the end of it. I stopped watching and listening and whatever I had going on in the uh, in the seventh. It was 22-5, to five, I believe, at the time. <laughs> no idea if that was the final or not. The statement had been made. Man, after the Friday night, there was a lot of people ready to say the wheels are off. You can't be losing games like this after sweeping the Yankees. What do you make of the whole thing right now, man? I believe the last time I checked the score, it was 22 to 7 in, in the ninth. Oh, they were mounting the comeback. Yeah, well, Thornton, <laughs> Thornton was in. and they, Thornton went in in the seventh. He was clearly just told, yeah. just fucking go do it, man. It's yeah, 22 yeah. to 5. Yeah, you're not coming out <laughs> until the game is over. Right. Uh, no more bullpen arms are coming out. It's you and Matt's on the record. That's it. Um, yeah, you covered a lot of space. But if the one thing that I would find surprising is when you looked at that Yankee series, it was the Garrett Cole matchup, yep. right? Which was game three, I think. Doesn't matter. Game but two, that's I believe. The, okay, but that's the one where you looked at it and you went, man, dude is 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 the lead horse in the Cy Young race. Is he? he well, we can uh, get to that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but all I'm saying is he has been, he's been very, very yes. good this year. And so, uh, when he went down early, the Jays were touching him up a bit. He was complaining about a variety of things, but I, I don't, I don't think he had his shit that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, what was surprising was how much the Yankees booted the ball around. Yes. Like to me, I know. Like when you looked at it, they went on that 13 game win streak in August when the Jays were nose diving, yep. to be honest with you. Um, yeah, their pitching wasn't great. They walked a shit ton of, of, of Jays and they just booted it around. They kept innings going yep. and they looked like the Jays a bit last year, right? Where you go, I'm going to give you some walks. I'm going to give you some errors. Yeah. And yeah. And, and teams like Toronto that are starting to feel it, like if you look at that four game series, they put up some big scores, but they also their their runners in scoring, their hitting with runners in scoring position, yeah, was not great. Nope, that's right? been a storyline for a bit here. Yeah, for sure it has. And and so coming off the heels of of the Oakland sweep, and they can talk about you know the twenty nine runs they scored against Oakland. Well, they allowed twenty <laughs> or nineteen in the first two games, or whatever it was, right? Yeah. 
Um, and then the Yankees, I think, played very poorly. It is mm-hmm. really so the sweep was great and, and it and it put them in a great spot. So but I there's I no I, doubt the Jays were hot at the same time the Yankees were just shit well, coming off that thirteen. As you pointed out, the same way it had been a month earlier, where the Yankees were hot and the Jays were not, but they didn't face each other, right? Sometimes right. timing is as much anything, and the Yankees actually have I would say an easier schedule the rest of the way than the Blue Jays, um, who have a series starting with Tampa here. Now, the Jays do have another go-around with uh, Baltimore. they got Minnesota coming, but uh, the Yankees have Baltimore. Uh, sorry, the Yankees have Minnesota as well. The Yankees have Cleveland, who've sort of let the wheels fall off there. Uh, I can't remember the whole thing, but like this is going to come down to the end, I think. Yeah, well, so, and what happens is, and I said to you Friday afternoon, I, we were exchanging or... Maybe it was in a conversation over the weekend. Right. But yeah, I was going to tweet at you on Friday saying, man, it feels like a letdown in Baltimore, yeah. right? Like, like maybe a split on the series or something along those lines, right? Um, and then, yeah, they dropped the ball on, on, uh, on, on, on the Friday game. And I was on the Saturday evening, we were watching a little U.S. Open women's final tennis here. And, uh, Hell of a run. Yeah, when I'm looking at the Jays score and I'm like, man, they're getting no hit. Yes. In, into the sixth and I'm like I gotta go downstairs because it was it was the bottom of the lineup was sort of rotating through so mm-hmm. I, I knew that in the sixth and seventh they were sort of gonna have nine one two three yep. four five six right and so I'm like okay I'm gonna go down and check this out hit the it TV. just felt like the dam should break there right well and, and when I watched when I watched uh the, the sixth and I went ah still still yeah. no hit still no hit and you went okay Vladdy's gonna come up, and you got Bo in the in the in the cleanup spot that night, and so, yeah. To me, I was down there watching the entire seventh inning, and the length of that, I like. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe since the 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 Martin that whole inning with you know, in 2015 oh, or 2016, yeah. you know, the, that the seventh thing, inning there that took 52 minutes yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah. That was 2015. I, yeah. Yeah. So when, when, when Bo hit that two run Homer, man, I was fist pumping in the, <laughs> in, in the basement downstairs, right? Like all by myself. There's, I'm in a dark basement. That's just me, yeah. but I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then, then it just was like, and this is where you insert the Simpsons clip of, He's already dead. Like it was just, it, it was carnage. It was bludgeoning. It was. Why well, you little? I got you. Go, go. Oh, it, it's it's all just ju- just an act. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. And I had so, gone to bed. It wasn't even the game. It was just that kind of day. I had shut it down, but I was still sort of. I was reading my book, and then I would check kind of the score, and I was sort of hoping to just fall asleep. But I ended up putting the game back on on my phone in bed because, like, what is happening? And at 3 or 4-1, whatever they made it there, I was like, all right, that's done. And then they just kept piling on and yeah. piling on and piling yeah. on after, like you said, being no hit through six innings. Here, This is going to be... And, and everyone said the exact same thing. It's cliched and whatever. But going into that second game, after coming back to, you know, from numerous deficits to win 11-10, you're like... You couldn't afford to, but you wish you'd have saved a couple of runs for this next game. You know it's going to be a 2-1 dog. And it looked that way up until the seventh inning when the Jays are just like, no, fuck this. We're not losing to the trash birds, right? Like, yeah. And then you fl- you flash forward to today, yeah. right, where, you know, you're like, okay, now, is this going to be one of those classic situations where, yeah, you have you have run it out, right? You've The bats are tired. Well... Christ, it's five, it's five zip before the Orioles register and out in the yes. first. And it's, it's you know, you look at it, they just keep, and, and they were up 6-0 six, six or whatever it was, 5-0, five 5-3. Zero, five the Orioles put up a three spot yep. in the second. And you're like, okay, see, you've kind of yep. petered this away. And then, yeah, more of that. I'm going to punch you until there's... You know, blood in your bo- stool, bone, bone, in, your- bone in your stool, <laughs> and that's what happened. You're like, yeah. oh my god! And, and it's they were they were only going station to station at certain points in that game, yeah. where you know you got a guy on on first and second, and then you're singling, and 
You're not waving the guy on second yeah. home. And then, so it was... There was mercy shown, despite the 22-5 to five score. Well, and it's one of those things, right, where you, you already had Valera in there. You already had Lamb in there. You, mm-hmm. you were... Springer was out. You just had... Like, what do you the want us team. to... Yeah. What do you want us to do, man? And so when you go... Every night, it seems like they're either matching, you know, franchise records or they're achieving personal records. Like, it's just this, like, they were looking at, this team is going to end up with probably five guys with 90 RBIs. I couldn't believe it when I was walking back into the building today and it was the fifth inning or sixth inning, whatever, and Gritchick gets his 90th RBI and you're like you're kidding me there's no yeah. way that guy because yeah. he despite you know the hot his, start yeah well that's it because on the average of his season you're like it's not terrible but that's because it was a great April and May and he's been awful ever since but there's just always people on base with this team and even Scotty Mack said in the in that game where the Jays uh, and it was the Ryu start in uh game one of the double header where the and then the bullpen afterwards kept giving it up and the Jays would keep climbing back in and he's like the offense is doing their job like that's the part that's been maligned a little bit you know before the Yankees series yeah that wasn't getting it done he's like they're you know they had three runs after two innings they had five runs after four innings they end up putting up like the offense is doing what they're supposed to do and the pitching staff at that point wasn't and then the next day, yeah, the twenty-two to five, the offense kind of did okay. their job there. Okay, but let's but let's take a look at this though. Just in this four-game series, you had uh, Friday night Robbie Ray got busted up a bit. Yep. Then you had Ryu get busted up big time, got yep. hit around the park. Then you had a, a fairly decent effort in the uh, sort of combined the hatch hatch, yep. hatch bullpen game that Pearson got the win in. Yep. And Matt's, you know surrenders five runs i get it man shit's tough when you are sitting for 40 minutes in between sure your outings but three of the four starters did not look great mm-hmm. in this four game series and the other one was was sort of a bullpen game so there was a lot of talk online and maybe it's sour grapes from jay's fans after friday night right but then it's happening again on saturday and there was a lot of talk about that exchange between robbie ray and uh, the manager of the Orioles, uh, Brendan Hyde. And, you know, a couple times, like Robbie Ray at one point, the thing that started, I don't know, did you see the, the shouting match? And it, it yeah. made it around. So at some point, it, Robbie Ray yells into the Orioles bullpen to shut up to one of their guys. So he clearly thinks somebody there is telling, you know, the, he said in his postgame press, it's funny how they're able to just lay off my slider. They didn't sing, uh, swing at one of my sliders. All season. Well, so you're looking at that, and then you're looking at Ryu the next day, and all of a sudden you're starting to go, hmm, why is this team that's been trash all year and has been better lately, yep. but suddenly knocking us around? And I don't know that it, there's enough there to chew on, because obviously today was 22-5 to 5 the other way, right? Like whatever was going on wasn't going on anymore, so maybe it's nothing. But that second game especially, it, it does look odd. And yeah, I think Robbie Ray was just didn't have his best stuff. Ryu's been struggling a little bit. I want to talk to you about that just in general. Um, but they are a better team than the Orioles, and they shouldn't be. You know, it looked for a while there like they might be. They were lucky to win Game One. Maybe lucky is the wrong word, but you're not likely to do that often. Or they lost Game One, but you're not yeah. likely to win either of Games Two or Three from Saturday, right? Like the right. way that those were going, those are unlikely wins to pull out of the fire so the fact that you got two of them and then did whatever on sunday are, are, are you suggesting matt that it's improbable that they would score 15 runs in the two seven in, seventh innings combined <laughs> I, I might be suggesting okay. that all yes. right what a fucking guy man <laughs> so what a glass half empty guy are you worried at all like let me just lay a couple things out here man because you right now has if if you had said to me that at the beginning if you'd said to me at the beginning of the season that going into the second week of September, were you going to have the worst ERA of any of your five starters? I'm not sure how I think that season has gone, right? Like, we're probably in trouble if that's the case, but that's where we're at right now. Uh, he's getting a little older. Um, he has been injury prone in the past, although that hasn't appeared to be a huge issue now, but he likes extra rest. 
He likes to be, like, he dominated out of the gates at the beginning of the season, and then he dominated again right after the All-Star break when they set him up to get some extra rest. And ever since kind of the crackdown on the spider tack stuff, and he doesn't have a lot, like, he's not an overpowering guy, right? Like, his fastball comes in at, like, 90 at best, right? Like, he doesn't have a lot of room to make mistakes. And, you know, I, I just wonder... He's not a picture of fitness either, right? Like, I wonder, man, if if this is, you know, just a, a small bump and you just sort of got to, uh, he'll be fine, or if there's something here, especially after the crackdown on the sticky stuff. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I've never put that together, to be honest with you. But he has been a 50-50 guy probably in the last six starts, mm-hmm. right, in terms of, because because when he when he's going, his shit is magically elusive. Yes, and um, and you know I would say this one was not good. The two previous ones were quite good. The three before the hat, yeah, he got knocked n- around. Not so good, and so yeah, I, I don't know, but um, I, I think it's a matter of 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 second half of the season. At this point, I'm more willing to lean on. You know, late in the season, I think they're pushing them now. You, you, you'll notice that sort of, you know, we don't pitch through the the third, yep. the third rotation. That seems to have gone quietly by the wayside yep. here. Um, yeah, I think he's feeling fatigued more than I, I put it on the spider tack personally. Would you? So let me ask you a different way. Let, uh, you can hit it from the, the, the wild card game if you want. You can hit it on how you'd line up your pitching staff in an ALDS if you want. Like, where does he rank right now in your confidence level if the playoffs were to get started right now? How do you want to line this up? In a perfect world. Yeah. For, so if everybody's can, we, rested. Yeah, they're not obviously going to be, but if you had the yeah. choice. I'm putting Robbie Ray in a wild card game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pitching Ryu third behind Manoa probably. Really? Okay, that's interesting. I, I've really liked. I didn't love his first couple starts, but Barrios has been great in the last couple games. I yeah, might. But he, he's also a guy coming in. He pitched quite well, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard, it's his hard first to say. start or two were really nice. Then he went three or four that weren't so yeah, good, and now two he's sort really of... good. Two really good first starts. Yes. as a, as a J, and then there was poop in the bed. For probably but his three last games. Two, yeah, you're right. And then two or three really good ones again. Like, And you wonder, did uh, Pete Walker, right, the pitch whisperer, did he get to him? Or, or is it just coincidence, right? Like it probably is. But at this point, with what I've seen, unless uh, I might be willing to go Barrios ahead of Ryu right now. Are you, how, okay, well, and this is this is a conversation for another day, yep. but we'll just, we'll just lightly touch on it right now. Sure. Touch, touch it, Matt. Touch, touch it. it. You go in three or you go in four pitchers if you were to make it into a to a division series? I'd go four just because I know, if at all possible, I want Ryu on six days rest and I can't keep shortening the, right. you know, I, I think Mats is probably going to the pen. Yep. Um, but the rest well, so, of the guys are... So it's, e- so it's easy then for me. Then you're going, then I'm flipping it and you're going Ray one, you're going Ryu two, you're going Manoa three, right? So you can sort of go... Hmm. Hard thrower, change, hard thrower, and then let, let Burrios. Burrios clean it up in the four spot. You're digging, uh, you're digging Manoa's action, eh? It's I, not like I don't like him, but he, I, I just, you know. Yeah, as a rookie. Yeah. And what I like about him, <coughs> excuse me, I like his moxie. Like to me, he's a, he's got, he's got, he's got big balls, man. I like, I like the way he just, hey man, I'm, I'm Here pitching it. it. Yep. Yeah. And if you don't like it, and so to me, he's got he's got moxie beyond his years, which I like. So one last thing on this, then, with what we've seen of Ryu lately, does his struggles, and it does seem like I'm more concerned about it than you are, but in general, does what you've seen out of him kind of intermittent here recently put more pressure on you to go get Robbie Ray, uh, Robbie Ray signed, you know, moving forward? Or are we confident enough that it's not a spider tack thing, it's not a grip thing, it's not an aging thing, Ryu is still fine to be your ace moving forward? Because I'm not sure he's our ace right now, right? Like, I think Robbie Ray, as you said, is going game one. Um, I, I wonder if this doesn't 
put enough scare into them to go, wow, we better get this done. It's not a black thing, Matt. <laughs> it's not a white thing. Uh, it's a night thing. <laughs> <laughs> what a dated fucking reference. <laughs> There are people out there right now going, what is he talking about? Of course about? there is. Of course there is, man. But that's okay. Those are the little things you listen to the show Good for. Good Lord. Yeah. Sorry about that. And I hated that at the time, but it felt right. Now man. it's and, charming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, your question was, it's, I can't even, I can't, I can't even I was just teeing you up to drop that line. That's all. Okay. I'm, yeah. This is it. No, it all came down to the Arsenio Hall reference. Yeah. Does does Ryu's struggles put extra pressure on them to bring back Robbie Ray? Yeah. See, to me, I, I love, and this is this is one of those things that you and I have been kicking around for three or four weeks now. Um, it's it's the idea that I gotta believe that Robbie Ray is gonna want a nice bump. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 And but I also gotta believe that that the the two years that Robbie Ray has spent in Toronto, like he took a. He he signed here right away once once free agency opened, right? Yep. He came right back. He loved working with Pete Walker. I think he likes what's happening here. Yep. If 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 you could get shorter term, right? Uh, this is his chance to get paid. I don't think he can get like I think he's gonna want that yeah, big because he signed for a bargain nine million dollars. And and I get what I get what you're saying, right? It's your generational wealth and blah blah blah. Yep. I, he's going to get paid by Toronto, yeah. but if but the reality or anybody, but yeah. if you could get him for a shorter term, give him you know if you could go and I don't, I can't even say on the dollar value. Would you go four but, years, a hundred million? Oof. He's going to get. He's going to be around the twenty. I think. Like I, I don't. Can I give you? Could I give you three times twenty sixty? No, I think if you want the shorter term, you're going to have to bump the salary, right? I think that's all right. All right, but I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do 70 then three on, years three, on, on 70. three years. Yeah, maybe. And, and, if, and if you could go your route, Matt, and, and if 25 million, and that seems steep, but if you, if you got to do the three times 25, I'll give, I, I want the shorter term on Robbie. Ray. I get that. Yeah. And, and you're going to have the Simeon money because the further this goes along, he's a Bay area guy, you know, Oakland, Oakland gave him the, two digits in the backside, right? In terms of cheaping out. And the twist. But yeah, well, okay, the twist is actually a, not a... Okay. Yeah, all right, it's, all right. it's, it's... But to me, if you look at California teams, now, you got to think the Padres and the Dodgers are tapped Maybe tapped out. a little. But you are looking up at the... I could see him the, being a giant. This is it, right? He's, a, you know, he's in the Bay Area yeah. guy. And, and so I think it's probably the further this goes along and, and he's on the cusp of becoming only the fifth ever second baseman to hit 40 plus homers. Yeah, he's getting paid too. He's going to get paid and that's, and, and he, and his family wants to be back in, in California, I believe. So that looks less and less likely mm-hmm. that he's going to be there. So you will have that money going and, and it's, it's pitching, man. We're going to be able to do what you need to do with the hitting. I think you need to. I think you need to bolster the bolster the starting lineups. I mean the rotation. So, so you're you're willing to do your 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 number one priority is Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. And and it's but, hard but to disagree he, with. And and the thing is, he's got to he's got to look at if if Toronto's going to give him a competitive offer. Yeah, he's got the Pete Walker thing, which he's already stated is important to him. Mm-hmm. The comfort. All that stuff, and and I liked how, and I there's very few things I like about Charlie Montoya, but you know the game, not the one he just lost, but the, the game before where he brought him off, and the hometown crowd gave him a in the, in the middle o. of the inning, gave yep. him the standing o, and he tips the cap, and he's like, it's a great feeling. I got to think there's some good vibes going there as well. Yep. So I I would put the if the term was lower, value can be higher, but I I would go with Robbie Ray, yeah, for sure. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit? We're going to talk about the disaster that was the latest Triller card here in a few minutes. But before we do, why don't we touch trailer, on... Uh, trailer, That a boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. I like that. Um, I had a buddy of mine text me, you watching tonight's Triller Park card? Which <laughs> 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 uh, uh, works for me quite well as well. Um, but let's talk about the Leafs a little bit. You won't believe this, man, but recently we've been getting messages... 
Not enough leaf talk. No, I, I actually do believe that. Yeah. I, I have no problems believing that. <laughs> um, why don't we talk a little bit about this article that Chris Johnston put out now over at the Toronto Star. And I don't know about you. I know Michaela and I talked about this a little bit on, uh, on the Thursday morning show. But at the time, um, and I actually can't remember the timeline now that I think about it, but when he tweeted out, my writing is now going to appear at the Toronto Star, I thought, all right, well, that's kind of cool. He won't be writing at sportsnet.ca. The Star is a cool outlet. That's obviously important to him. But I assumed he would still be doing Hockey Night and uh, our favorite there, the the Saturday headlines. And then yeah. Sportsnet puts out a tweet afterwards, like, wishing Chris Johnston well. And his people like, oh, Jesus. So he's moving on. That's a hit to their brand for sure at Sportsnet. But again, for... Uh, for the Toronto Star. So this was his first piece, or his first big article there for the Toronto Star. And it was about whether or not the opportunity to sign Morgan Riley has sort of passed them by. And we'll post the link, And as Rob has discovered, and I actually discovered today, uh, locked, unless you're a subscriber to the Toronto Star. I had been up until apparently about a month ago when I cancelled my... Uh, my membership. And so I was able to read the article when it came out three days ago, two days ago, and I wasn't able to log back into it today as my, uh, my membership must've expired. So, um, but really interesting article on the fact that Morgan Riley has come due. He's sort of in the same situation that the Leafs have let a lot of guys get to. When you think back to Bozak and JVR and, uh, this year, Zach Hyman, in terms of coming into your last season, without a deal signed yet and whether or not, you know, they should be willing to go into a year without him signed, uh, go that far, um, or whether they should have made a deal, whether they should have locked him up by now or whether or not you just walk him to free agency and talk about it then as this idea of being an own rental, right? The fact that they haven't yet gotten this done on the eve of the season leads me to believe we're doing the Hyman thing, right? We're doing the, the Bozak JVR thing. Maybe they can get something done during the season, but it looks right now like they're prepared to start. Like uh, I would be shocked if there's going to be a trade between now and, and camp, but this needed to get done at the draft or something or find out where he was at because over the course of the summer, man, we've seen Hamilton, We've seen Wierenski, we've seen Seth Jones, we've seen uh, Darnell, Darnell Nurse. Nurse. Yes. Everybody, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, everybody on the blue line has gotten paid and gotten paid big. Show me the money! <laughs> so, what I think everyone believed, including me and most you know, Leaf fans, that I think we believed that Morgan Riley was willing to take a bit of a discount to stay, but not two, three million dollars off an annual salary to stay. And if the Leafs were hoping to get him at six and a half or something, seeing those four or five guys all land at nine or higher, I don't think we need to argue about where Morgan Riley fits in that group. He's with that group, right? Well, well, there's, there's a couple of things. Yeah. For, first of all, JVR, Bozak, Hyman, Morgan Riley. You got you to sort of, you got <laughs> sure. one of these things is not like the other. One of these things oh, just JVR's doesn't belong. Or 40 goal yeah. guy that yeah. year. I know, but I'm just saying that, that to me. I'm is, with welcome, you. I am with welcome you. Welcome to your JVR years. But we have means, seen Kyle Dubas be willing to take this approach, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Okay. And, and I get it. I just think Morgan Riley yes. is, is so much better than, those other guys sure. in terms of moving forward yes. and, and a guy who it was legitimately looking at, is he going to get the captaincy? Right. You know, like this is a guy who is thought highly enough who you serve, you seem to see in front of the mics and you mm -hmm. are much more plugged into the Toronto scene than I am. But as a casual leaf guy, who's you sort of go, yeah, he seems to be the guy who's willing to answer. It's him and Taveras always. Right. And so you're like, that guy, should, so that shows a little bit of... And his spot. charity stuff, he's an organizational guy, like he's one of the community guys, like he is very much beloved in this market, right? Longest tenure, yes. yeah. And so y you got to know that they were looking at the Shabbat contract originally, and they're like, oh, okay, can, what can, you know, in terms of 
plus or minus, right? In where Morgan Riley's what a I, self-important uh, Ottawa douche thing to no, say. No, 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 no. We're, we are looking at at that as as going eight, eight times eight. Yeah. Right, and, and Riley's like, "Hey, man, I'm that guy. I'm every bit I'm, that guy. I, I, I'm every bit that guy." Yeah. And so it, it comes down to I'm willing to take a air quotes hometown discount to stay with the leaves to work under something. But yeah. now that everybody else has yeah. screamed past that, yep, it it becomes harder and harder all the time for them to and and you know everybody outside of Toronto and maybe even inside Toronto <laughs> has seen this coming. Sure. For, for two years, maybe three years now. You're well, I think right. I said about two years ago, it's time to look at the idea of maybe he's DeMar is the, you know, the, the, maybe that's the guy you trade because at the time his contract at $5 million for what that guy brings you, you can't do it now. He's a one year rental, but a year ago, a year and a half ago, if you trade that guy, I'm not in love with it because I, I really like him as a player and a member of the team and everything, but maybe that's the tough you know, thing that you have to get rid of to to make things better. And now you've backed yourself into this corner. You're right, though. This has been coming for years. Well, and and it's it's when you start to lose. And, and again, this is what happens to winning teams, cup winning teams. They have playoff to start, making teams. They have to start, <laughs> first round playing teams. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> They, playoff contenders every year as in yeah, contending to yeah, be in the they, playoffs. Yeah, they have to start jettisoning players, yes. right? Because hope to have won something before. Because the success is so overwhelming. Yes, man. Um, you know, and, and we'll see because you start, you lose Anderson, you lose, you lose Hyman. Mm-hmm. There starts to be this sort of bleeding away of of talent and whether it's, it's not your top end talent. It's not your, it's not your core, but you are starting to see some of these guys And Hyman was never the, never the, the sort of the um, whipping boy, right? But Anderson certainly was. Yes. And when you start to lose these careful, what you wish for, do you think, and I'll be honest, I'll lay it out there first. I, I think right now, I think this is a mistake by Kyle. I, I really like Morgan Riley, but I think he needed to buy the draft, have a number that, we're either going to do this now or you probably got to go. I don't know, as you've rightly pointed out, Riley is not Tyler Bozak or JVR or whatever. You can't just lose this guy for nothing. (coughs) There is a part of me, I've said it on the record before, before people come at me, you know, online. I do in some ways agree with the own rental when it is JVR or Tyler Bozak or whoever else it might be that it's not worth trading away. Morgan Riley is going to leave a chasm on your blue line if you just let him go for nothing. And I think going into the season with him unsigned and you haven't traded him, you haven't locked him up, and you're just going to ride this out, I think it's a mistake, man. And that's before the other $9 million contracts started dropping from out of the sky all over the place. Yeah, and I can only assume... That first of all, if you're talking about the draft, you're talking about a handshake deal and a and a, a drawer deal because well, sure, just uh, you needed to know by the yeah, draft because that's I, when big I, trades happen. I, right? I know, and I'm yeah. saying you can't extend that guy no. before before air quotes July one, which right. who knows when that was this year. Yes, um, but not only does it leave a chasm on your blue line, I can only assume that it's going to leave a chasm in your change room. Right. What we already talk about the the uh, the core and you go you got Johnny Tavares who who is what he is we don't know what he's like in the in the, you know but he's low key guy yep right and then the 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 troika of Nylander, Marner and Matthews and people are you know are always at some point or another going where's the leadership yeah, in those guys like what's happening with where's the character where's the blah right. whether it's deserved or not i'm just saying you pluck morgan riley out of that change room mm-hmm. and the blue line, yep. it becomes super problematic. So do you, in your mind, would you have been prepared if you were Kyle, knowing that, because that's the other looming factor here, is that if they don't get shit done this year, Kyle's gone anyway, I believe, right? Like, And I've said that a few times on here. Sure. Do you believe this is a mistake to enter the year without a resolution to that situation? Or is this just... 
we need to get shit done this year before we look at like everything's going to be up in the air if you get eliminated in the first round again anyway. So fuck it, right? Like let's go. Like how yeah. do you view this? And has Kyle made a mistake here, or is this a worthwhile gamble? Well, thank you very much, Matt, for the BP fastball because <laughs> you've already done all the hard work there. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. It's not how it, this show goes, is it? Yeah, <laughs> but 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 if he, but no, but if he doesn't, Dubas doesn't give a damn, right? Because he's not there. Right. Maybe Shanahan's not there. No. Like, it, it may be the clean-out that we didn't see at all this year, mm-hmm. or, or even even the major tinkering. It, it comes down to Dubas is up against it big time. Yep. Right? And, and rightly so, so. Yeah, yeah. And so he has let Anderson go, and he's brought in, uh, it's Morazic, I believe. So you'll yep. have Gibson and Morazic, which Campbell is, and Morazic. Campbell and Morax. I'd yeah, be, sorry. be pretty pumped after Don Gibson and Archery Yeah, Sullivan. yeah sorry. I'm, I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's Did same, I miss it's, something? It's California guy, yes, American. Yes. Yeah, anyways, it's, it's, you are looking at Campbell and Morazic, and so you're fine there. you got to let this roll now. Like right. at this point, he's saying, I, I don't, or hey, extend him out. <laughs> extend him out and give him 10 million bucks. Because yeah, not my problem. <laughs> at, at the end of the deal, it's 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 sadly getting to that point where people go, "All right, man, I can start to see the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. right?" And and so it comes down to, I got Toronto has to have success this year because you know I don't think even one round is going to be good enough. I don't either. It won't be for me, and I'm not saying they have to win the cup this year. Because we've talked a hundred times about just being good enough to be in that mix for as long as possible. But just, hey, we beat... Eastern Conference Final, you want to see something? Sure. I don't think you can, you know, slide, just barely get by somebody in the first round, get cranked in the second round and be like, cool, that season was a success. Like, you need to be taking major steps and those are supposed to happen kind of year over year, but you've run out of those years. So you better take a few of them right now. And let me just ask you one last thing on the Leafs before we move off of this then. Like... I'm getting a feeling that this Leafs team, with the pieces that they've let go, and with the um, understandably negative view after another first round um, playoff loss to this time, an inferior, like definitely inferior team, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling like the Leafs are almost being underestimated this year. Like, we're maybe overvaluing, you know, okay, how's it going, Chuck? Um, we're, we lost Freddie Anderson, but Freddie Anderson contributed very little this year. You lost Zach Hyman, that is going to be a, a field, but you've brought in some pieces that may be able to take a run at being part of that and doing it by committee. The talk online, both inside and outside of, of Leafs Twitter, is overwhelmingly negative, and I just yeah. don't have this opinion. And, and it's okay to be pissed at them, and it's okay to be, yeah, talk to me in April, right? Like, show me what you've done. I'm, I'm fine with all of that, but this opinion that the Leafs are about to fall off, I don't think we're there yet. Is that blue goggles, or where are you at on that? No. No, I, I think it's, it is one of those things where you go, it comes down to, in, in, in leaf, leaf land... <laughs> It comes down to the idea that it's it's they become slightly disenfranchised with this core that they've been in love with yes. forever. Yep. And and you still love the pieces, right? Mm-hmm. You still love them individually, and you still look at them and go, "I love that. I, I love this." Right. And, and and you know, Matthews and, may get six goals. And Kyle being year. the miracle guy who brought you Tavares and is the the new generation. His glow. Has again, rightfully, well, the luster is yeah. is, is taking the, a beating yeah. for sure. And, and, and but but again, this is I, I personally love the idea that if the cap is going to stay flat for a couple more years, or maybe rise a million or a million and a half. Yeah. If you were to, if you was to extend Riley out at nine million oh bucks, God, you're and, just you go, and, and, and you go, you got four five guys at fifty no, mil, and you're, you're like fucked. <laughs> you're just fucked. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think if if you look at the Atlantic Division and and we got time in the next yeah you know month to, to sort of break that division down, but to me there's lots of questions in that division in the regular season in terms of jockeying for position. I look at the Leafs as a as a top three or four yeah. Eastern Conference team, right? Like not even Atlantic Division. I'm okay, thinking, yeah. you know, in the top five in the Eastern Conference, yeah. easily. 
uh, this is still got there's a, a shit ton of talent there. Yeah, because everything that they do well in the regular season, they're still going to do well in the regular season. The questions will be asked, as yeah. I said last year, and it was answered yeah. in May. It wasn't good enough. Will it be yeah. good enough this year? I, we'll find out in April or May. I, like I don't know how this schedule. Break. I know we got a late start and a two-week break. It'll be late April, I guess, when the playoffs start. But I, I just, I think that that it's okay to be mad at Kyle. It's okay to to be wearing thin with this group and saying like, you got one more crack at this. I think all those sorts of things are okay. But I still look at that lineup. You know, the the blue line, which people still take cracks at, despite it being statistically a top ten blue line last year. I look at that offense. The goaltending, we'll see. That's fair to, to question a little bit. I just don't see this as a team that this year is about to fall off a cliff. I, well, I just if can't you still, see that. If you, st- if you still have the the four up front, yeah, and then you still have Muzzin, Barry, and Riley. No, 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 no. TJ Brody. We Brody, Brody. <laughs> Barry is an oiler now. Yes, sir. I could picture Brody. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you still have Brody... Muzzin and Riley, yeah. like Christ, the, the the Blackhawks won their last cup with three defensemen. Yes. So the reality is they're going to kill it this regular season. Yep. The question mark is, so yeah, to me this is, and again, you as a Leaf fan, I look at the late 90s, early 2000s to mid 2000s Ottawa Senators. Yeah, there reaches a point where you go, potential mm-hmm. needs to meet results. Yep. And you go, I don't care if you get 100 points again this year. If you flame out to the Leafs or you lose out in the second round, right? I'm pissed off. Yep. And so you're like, I don't care if you beat the Islanders 8-1 <laughs> on a Tuesday in February. Where are you in late April, early yep. May? And so... I think that's all legit. I think Leaf fans are right to be questioning the plan. Sure. I think Leaf fans are okay to say to Kyle, I, I don't know what I feel, but to just say this team's going to suck this year, that's misguided. It's that's, 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 that's you, my friend are a fool and, and I, not you personally. <laughs> Appreciate G- the, uh, the pullback there. Yeah. Generic Leaf fan with his, you that's know, Rob's resting heart rate anyway, about Leaf, yes. <laughs> Leaf uh, average Leaf fan. Yeah. Large man in a medium Leaf jersey with barbecue stains on it. Oh, mine's just sparkling brand new. <laughs> yeah, but yours are never medium. Yours are never medium. I look great, man. It's a little belly top to it. It's uh... yeah, listen, a little belly, a little hairy belly button, and you're like, yeah, man, awesome. Speaking of hairy belly button and medium shirts on two XL guys, let's move off to uh, Triller Park fights. There's another card for this celebrity boxing group that goes down on Saturday night. I didn't even pay attention to this one. I didn't follow it on Twitter. I didn't plan to acknowledge it on the show until you sent over the article. I went, all right, because it is fucked up. It is worth talking about. But I had sort of, uh, I'd been giving it to uh, our friends there, uh, Bunda and Creech over at 1200. Only when I saw the fact, I I don't know if it was earlier this week or a little before that, that they announced that Trump was going to be on commentary. And I was just like, nope, nope, nope. Like if I've, I've always been looking down my nose with disdain at these things. But this one now more than ever. Um, but Trump aside, this was another disaster of a card. There the, wasn't a Paul brother on this one. This was a uh, one-time legend, Evander Holyfield at 58 years old, uh, facing Vitor Belfort at 44 years old. 40, I, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and in the main event of this thing, now in a boxing match, and it ends up, basically with the referee having to save an old man's life. Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva on the co-main, also in a boxing, boxing event. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, and you've tweaked me to something. Uh, Always here to tweak you, man. Our good friend Creech. Yes. I want to see Creech fight Holyfield. Because <laughs> last time Creech, or maybe two times ago, Creech was on the show. He was talking about fighting... Um, the golden oh, boy, yeah, yeah. De La Hoya. Yeah. Was, so, so I like I the idea. Creech's game, man. I think he's down. Uh, I think, I think, I think Creech could fight up a couple of weight categories and take down Holyfield. Judging nice, by yes. judging by the video that I have seen <laughs> from that, as as the article said, applauding. Ugh. And that's not not applauding. Not applauding no, a plotting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a space p l o d d i n g. Yes. It, it worth noting, and it, it came across in the article. 
that the New York State Boxing Commission in 04 yes. would not allow Evander Holyfield to fight in that state. Because, 17 years ago, folks. Yeah. Diminishing skills. Because help. exactly. And, and you go, that guy's a train wreck. In 04, 17 years ago. And, and, and California said this time, we will not allow that guy to fight. Guess who did, folks? Guess who was willing to sanction it? Florida! Of course. Pick me! Pick me! It's Florida! Bring yeah. us your freak shows. We're happy to have you. Yeah. And it was at Seminole Hard Rock. I was enjoying you know, that too. Which I think may have been the first place of UFC 1 when it was like, bring us your sumo, bring us your boxer, put them in the ring, bare knuckle, and let's just Denver. see what happens. It was UFC 1, I think. Okay. Florida was UFC right. 2. Okay, right. sorry. <laughs> Under a canvas tent or something. Yeah. And so to me, this is... I, I sent you the, I, I, I didn't even know this was happening. And, and I was pulled in by the Anderson Silva versus Tito Ortiz in a boxing match. And you're well, like, and even without the boxing match thing in 2003, 2005, you're like, oh, I want to see that fight. Like there's going to be a catch weight. I, I want to see these guys go at it. In 2021, you're like, oh, I've already seen the Chuck versus Tito. I was going to say, was Chuck Liddell on this card right. somewhere? Chuck versus Tito in some C-level MMA fight, like just like three or four years ago. And it was just sad. Like these guys are, they're done, right? Like, And, and so 44-year-old Vitor Belfort fighting Evander Holyfield, Belfort is too old to still compete in the in UFC and in MMA. And here he is just dismantling a one-time killer in Evander Holyfield. Like, these are freak shows, man. And somebody's going to get hurt bad. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, as, as the, uh, the writer of the article said, gross. It's yeah. gross. And, and boxing at some point goes, all right, we're, we're throwing the towel in as a sport because we have embarrassed ourselves now. <laughs> Right. Like you're talking about, I had no idea that Anderson Silva had already had a boxing match. Yeah, in and Mexico. Then, and then, but then to find out that he fought Julio Cesar yep. Chavez, yep. who was like in the day was a pound for pound top end fighter. And yeah. Anderson Silva's beating him. And you're, pu you're putting these two people in a ring together. Uh, it's, it's, it's so lame. Well, I so this is, uh, you know, you referenced that they're fighting each other. Silva beats. Tito Ortiz, and is now 2-0 and in his boxing career, which is like Glass Joe level on Punch-Out for the NES. Um, oh, I see it more as a Don Flamenco. <laughs> okay, so when you start to move through this, everyone is talking online that, all right, Jake Paul keeps saying he wants to step up. Anderson Silva's not 58 yet, right? Like, he's still at least a reason. If he can't still do it in the UFC, and he had kind of flamed out and embarrassed himself a little bit, but he's showing a little something on the boxing side. Let's not be fighting any more people that are happy to hold you up like these brothers have been having happen with Floyd Mayweather. Get in there and fight Anderson Silva. But the article itself states, which we'll share in all the usual places, that might kill the... Like, you're going to have to pay Anderson Silva enough to not kill you, right? Well, like, yeah. to kill this whole gig that you have. Once one of these guys gets knocked out, it's over. It's yeah, over. And that's what they're saying, right? That that it's Jake Paul, I think, yeah. uh, who is the more legitimate sure. of the two. Yes. Um, yeah, that he's not taking that fight. No. As great a pay-per-view garnering freak show as it may be, he doesn't want those guys who are going to dummy him yeah. maybe because and, and, and silva was all on an amputee midget you know that's what like these are all just who can i easily beat that people might pay to watch me fight? yeah yeah can, can i can i fight magic johnson <laughs> seriously man. like i'm not sure he's any of those what's things? michael j fox up to does he want to come in and box or something <laughs> Well, that's what these are. I'm sorry, man. Like, that's what these look like to me. Uh, these. Guys, five foot six and 145 pounds. And just shaking, pounds, coming and to got the ring. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, Matt. Well, that's who Jake Paul wants to fight. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm just loving the visual. And it's horrible, but it's also hilarious. Thank Jay for is that. for jittering. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. I don't feel good about that. I don't know where we go from here other than to, bam! Triller stinks. Yeah, exactly. 
Anything else you wanted to hit on this one, ma'am? No, man. I think I think we've I think we've covered it all. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. Then uh, don't forget later in the week uh, we're going to hear from Mike Camito, Camito, author, author of the book Hockey Three Sixty Five Daily Stories from the Ice. He's got a sequel, man. Hockey Three Sixty Five: The Second Period. More daily stories from the ice. Uh, a little hurt. He turned down my title for the book, which was Hockey 365, even hockeyer. Uh, he wasn't that into that. But uh, he, no way. he will join us later in the week to talk about the new book, maybe one of uh, Sudbury's finest craft beers as well. So Brick Brewery. There you go, ma'am. Look at this. Pulling it right from his back pocket, slamming it down on the table. This is what I got for you. Uh, we'll see if that's what he's uh, he's got coming. He's been on the show a couple times before um, to talk about the first book, talk about the Leafs. He did the Christmas show with us. Uh, Mike's a great guy. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Mike Comito. And we'll post the link. Um, when the first Hockey 365 came out, I found it to be a terrific stocking stuffer for a few different people. And we are, like it or not approaching that time of year so uh keep an eye out we'll post the links to the book as well so mike will be here later in the week to uh to talk about that of course michaela will return on thursday morning for her usual slot and there'll be tons more to come there always is man we're always bringing new stuff for you guys so uh for rob my name is matt make sure you give us a follow on twitter and instagram at all can audio and we will see you all next time see what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCan Audio on your favorite podcast app. Hi.